Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 293. Fire, fire, fire. Incredible entrepreneurs share their inspiring journey with you every day on Entrepreneur on Fire. Prepare to ignite now. Now, here is your host with yet another amazing guest, John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneur on fire. What's bacon fire nation? Did you know that audible.com offers a monthly audible listener program? Get a free audiobook and 30 day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Dinesh Theroux. Dinesh, are you prepared to ignite? I'm prepared to ignite. Let's get into it. Yes. Dinesh is the VP of marketing at Udemy. He is responsible for sales and user acquisition. Dinesh joined in May of 2011 as the first business hire and has helped grow Udemy to multi-millions in yearly revenue. Prior to Udemy, Dinesh was an entrepreneur and consultant for American Express. Given Fire Nation just a little overview, Dinesh, but take a minute, tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you and then give us an overview of your business. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm an entrepreneur and, uh, and startup guy through and through. I'm an East Coaster originally, born out in North Carolina, spent a few years in New York uh, doing the corporate thing at American Express, and then um, you know had the entrepreneurial bug bite me and moved out to San Francisco and, and no turning back. So um, you know the business I'm part of today is called Udemy. Uh, it's a marketplace for online courses. We enable any expert anywhere in the world to build an online course and share their expertise with um, with students all around the world. Um, we've had some tremendous success, success. You know, we actually just announced that our top 10 instructors on Udemy have earned more than $5 million from the sales of their courses. Uh, yeah, which has been really exciting. You know, we've had people quit their day jobs and start teaching on Udemy full time. Uh, Jack Welch, former legendary CEO of GE, is now teaching on Udemy. Um, and, uh, you know, I joined really early on when it was just four or five folks and, and was lucky enough to get in early. And we're now kind of 35 or uh, 40 and, and cooking away. So uh, excited to share lots of it with you all. Cooking is the word, Dinesh, and I have my account all set up and approved. My product is currently being created, so I'm really excited to share that with the world. Awesome. We're pumped to have you on board as an instructor. Yeah, it's going to be great. So, Dinesh, we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success quote. It kind of helps us get that motivational ball rolling, get people pumped up for this great content, this juicy content that you're going to be sharing with us. So, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I actually I wanted to go a little bit literary on you, John. Cool. Um, and I wanted to dip into uh, to a Samuel Beckett quote that I like a lot, which is ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. Um, and I really love that quote um, because it, it's all about the persistence and, and the learning from that persistence. Um, and, you know, I, I was thinking about it and uh, was, was uh, kind of, you know, reading articles recently on what makes entrepreneurs successful. And one of the recent articles I had read was talking about how courage is the defining factor amongst all successful entrepreneurs. Um, 
And, you know, I was checking out some of the tweets related to this article. And uh, one of the ones from a cousin of mine who I follow is like, you know what, I disagree. I think persistence is actually the defining trait of, of successful entrepreneurs. And I think he's dead on. You know, I, I think it's folks who just keep after it. Um, you know, courage is important because you can't be afraid of the failure, but it's the folks who actually keep trying again, keep failing again. And then I think that last piece is just so, so key, right? The folks who actually fail better, you know, who, who learn from the previous time, who keep getting better inch by inch. Uh, and then, you know, bef- before they know it, they've built something great. So Dinesh, you're our spotlighted guest today. So I really want you to take it down to the ground level. How have you ever applied this mantra to your life in a specific example? This is really kind of the bread and butter of what you do day in, day out uh, at a startup and, and as you build a business. You know, you're, you're crafting uh, little experiments and, you know, you're, you're going out there with your MVP for those who are familiar with lean, uh, lean startup techniques, your minimum viable product. Um, and, you know, and you're putting it out there and seeing if it adds value to your customers. Um, and oftentimes when you do that, uh, you end up failing, right? Those, those first couple of products that you put out just aren't quite right. Um, but you get the learnings, you start talking to your customers and you figure out that, oh, you know, what they really wanted was this. Um, and so, you know, you, you recraft it, you, you shift a little bit. So Dinesh, I'm going to break in here for a second because what we want is we want a specific story of when you applied this mantra. Oh, totally. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you one, uh, my previous business from um, uh, before Udemy. So uh, the business was called Viv. It started off as a loyalty system that enabled um, enabled retailers to increase their sales from eco-friendly consumers. Uh, and we built up relationships with hundreds of restaurants and cafes and retailers nice. all across the San Francisco area, right? Um, and we had thousands of folks who uh, used our loyalty system and, and went in and uh, were buying uh, with the retailers. Um, but that loyalty system actually failed. We were not able to deliver enough value to the retailers. You know, we kept going in and the, the value that we delivered was just very, very unclear to them. You know, they thought, well, maybe my existing customers are just uh, coming back to me at the same rate. How do I know you're actually bringing in new people? We couldn't track and measure it for them enough. Mm. Um and we started talking to them more about their businesses. And all of these people were really passionate about becoming more environmentally friendly, using more environmentally friendly products. Um, but what we found out that was that their biggest pain point actually uh, had to do with the cost of eco-friendly products and supplies. Um, and, you know, so, so we failed with that first version with that loyalty product. But what we did is we pivoted over and we launched a cooperative for small businesses that want to purchase eco-friendly supplies. And we developed relationships with suppliers of these products like Office Depot or some of the big compostable manufacturers. We got the businesses massive discounts on the products anywhere from 20 to 80% off on certain items. Um, and we would take a, a small commission on what they bought. 
Um, but you know, it's you have to put something out there. You have to actually go out, try to sell it, form relationships with customers, and then talk to them and and you know hear what their problems are with it, what they like, what they don't like. And what we found is we weren't able to deliver enough value with that loyalty system, and and the value we delivered wasn't clear. But we found another problem, which was a huge pain point for them. Um, and then uh, and then we shifted the business over and um, and built a much bigger business on on that problem. Totally a great example because you do adopt that Eric Reese lean startup, minimally viable product, but you went out there, you started mixing it up with the customers, getting feedback, hearing what their real pain points were and what was really going to solve what they were suffering with. And then you created something for it and continued to pivot along the way until you had a finished product. And that's just a great example. And Dinesh, I want to stay with this theme because you're our spotlighted guest. So take us forward now into another time in your journey when you just failed, when you fell flat on your face or this massive challenge just propped up right in front of you and you had to duck and dive a little bit to get around it. How did you overcome this failure, these challenges? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, what I'd actually like to do, maybe I'll kind of continue telling the story through here, right? So We're uh, all about the story, so keep bringing that forward. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me kind of keep taking you all inch by inch and, and try to get down in the weeds with you yeah. guys on this, right? So um, we launched that loyalty system. We pivoted over to this group purchasing organization, this cooperative that's uh, helping these eco-friendly small businesses buy these products on the cheap. Um but ultimately, we worked on that business for another year, year and a half. And end of the day, in my book, that business still failed as well, right? <laughs> so, you know, we built a better business. We got it to profitability. Uh, you know, we, we delivered some value to our customers, but we weren't able to, to really build a big business and deliver a ton of value on it. And, um, and you know, and I'll, I'll share with you kind of specifically why I think we, we weren't able to do it. And, and, you know, what I often talk about is I'll say things like, you know, the market was small, right? And, and it's kind of like a, a, you know, a scapegoat nonsense kind of line if people don't really want to dig into it with me, right? The, the market, the number of cities that actually require you to buy eco-friendly products is just tiny. It's only San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, you know, it's, it's five or six. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's not the, the real kind of the truth and the heart behind it. Right. And, and the real thing is that we didn't have enough control over our business. Um, and again, you learn these things from talking to your customers and and, you know, getting on the phone with them, exchanging emails, really kind of, you know, getting in the weeds around uh, what's the value that they need. Right. And what we found out from our customers was that um there were two reasons why they were using us. Uh, number one was price. These products were often two to three X the cost of uh, a non-eco-friendly product. And the fact that we could get them pretty massive discounts on the product was really, really important. Number two was uh, the quality of the products themselves. The problem with our model was that we partnered with suppliers and manufacturers of these products, but we didn't actually produce them directly and we couldn't control price on each individual item. So, you know, we basically, in, in my book, took kind of a lazy man's approach, right? And we tried to 
say, okay, we're going to partner up with these manufacturers um, and these suppliers of the eco-friendly products. They're going to do all the payment processing for us. They're going to do all the fulfillment and delivery. And, you know, we're basically going to bring in the members for them. But end of the day, we didn't have enough control over their, uh, uh, of our business. So, you know, if our prices on something like compostable cups weren't good enough for the local retailers who we were trying to sign up, uh, you know, they, they were still uh, 2x the cost of just a normal paper cup. Uh, we couldn't actually push down that price ourselves because we didn't manufacture that cup or we didn't buy the inventory at wholesale. So we couldn't directly control the retail price of that cup. We could only offer just a, a straight flat discount on the retail price that the, that the manufacturer had suggested. Um, so, you know, my, my big lesson for from this was end of the day, you've got to have control over your business and you've got to have control, particularly over the levers that are really, really key for uh, and, and that are where you're delivering all the value to your customers and the levers that ultimately allow you to drive revenues. Um, and, you know, I've, I've then kind of translated this over into Udemy and, and I'll kind of, you know, share, share an example of how we have applied this lesson in Udemy, right? So in the early days of Udemy, I joined in May 2011. Um, when I joined, we had maybe 10 or 15,000 users on the platform. Uh, we had done maybe 15K of revenue total in, in Udemy's lifetime, right? Um, and uh, in that summer of 2011, we ended up doing a couple hundred thousand dollars of sales and going on to raise our Series A of $3 million at the end of the summer. Um, but the bulk of how we did that was through partnered affiliate promotions, largely through daily deal sites like uh, Groupon or Living Social, or if you're familiar with the ones in the tech scene, AppSumo was one of the big ones. Of yeah, those Noah times. Kagan, fascinating stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, th those guys helped us uh, build our business and were amazing partners with us in the early days. But end of the day, those guys were, were the ones who would decide whether they wanted to promote a Udemy course. We couldn't decide for them if they were going to do it. And they would decide exactly how many people they were going to email that course out to. And basically, they were in control of how much value we delivered to our instructors, right? If we had an instructor who put 50 hours of hard work building a course on, uh, you know, how, uh, how to code in PHP for beginners, you know, we couldn't, we didn't have the emails of the, of, uh, you know, the students and the customers who were interested in taking that course, right? We were having to go through these partners to promote them. Um, and, you know, we, we didn't have full control on being able to deliver value, deliver sales back to our instructors who had created these courses. So, you know, we used that channel to, to grow in the early days of Udemy, but ultimately we decided, you know what, we have to build our own customer base. We have to, uh, you know, uh, build our own user base on Udemy. Uh, and we're now up above 800,000 students on Udemy. And, and we decided to execute a huge range of marketing tactics to actually go out and do that. But, you know, I, I kind of, that's one of the lessons I learned from my first business. You have to take control of your business. You have to be able to pull the levers that are critical to be able to grow that business and deliver value. Um, and, um, you know, I, th I think that one will stick with me for a while. 
Love that. So just one more time, just to kind of really boil everything that you said down, you just at the very end there summed up that one clear lesson, but just say it one more time for Fire Nation listeners before we move on. Yeah. So the key lesson is take control of your business and make sure that you can pull the levers in your business that actually drive your business forward. Think through what are those levers? You probably have two or three. And if there's one of them you can't pull right now, then you probably need to rewire your business so that you can actually pull it. So what I love about everything that you were just talking about is that it was a failure. It was an aha moment, then another failure after that aha moment, but then applying that aha moment to the next business, to that next venture in utilizing it and leveraging it so you were in control when you could be. And that's just incredibly valuable information. And Dinesh, I want to just right now move into Udemy and everything that you guys have going on right now, because unfortunately, we normally do about 30 minutes for the interviews here at Entrepreneur on Fire, and there's just so many exciting things to talk about what you're doing on the instructor end, on the student end, and everything in between. So take a couple of minutes here. Share with Fire Nation what Udemy is doing right now that's really exciting you. Yeah, so the number, the thing that's most exciting me at Udemy right now is the amount of value and success we're delivering for our instructors. Um, you know, our, our vision here is to uh, enable any expert in the world to share that expertise with the world and and to give back and teach the next generation. Um, and but you know, we, we want to reward instructors who are doing that. Right. If you're going to put in 40, 50 hours worth of work into a course, we want you to be able to go on and have thousands of students in that course to be able to earn tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and so, you know, I shared our top 10 instructors have now made over five million dollars. These are instructors in a huge, huge range of different spaces. Right. Uh, you know, we've got an instructor like Victor Basket, Victor Bastos, who's made over five hundred thousand uh, dollars, almost all of that on a single course teaching people web development. Um, you know, we've got an instructor, um, you know, Ken Schultz, who's done over $70,000 teaching folks um, about photography and how to use their DSLR cameras. Um, you know, uh, we've got an instructor who's made over $30,000 t- teaching folks how to design logos and, and in graphic design. Um so, you know, that's that's really the thing that's exciting me the most. And, you know, whenever we get emails from our instructors telling us that they just quit their day job and decided to go full time yes. on Udemy and pull the trigger. I mean, you know, that's the thing that kind of just puts a big smile on your face face and, and, and makes you feel like, um, you know, you, you're doing something pretty special here. So, Dinesh, I'm speaking right now as my Entrepreneur on Fire audience in general. I have skills. I want to create a course. What steps do I take, Dinesh, to get going with Udemy? Number one, you know, everything you you need to learn is just over at udemy.com, U-D-E-M-Y.com backslash teach. Um, So I'll just throw that out there as kind of a resource for folks. But, you know, I'd say a couple of steps uh, forward, right? If you want to teach first, um, think hard about what you're really passionate about and what you have a deep expertise in. Uh, Without a shadow of a doubt, all of the instructors who have been the most successful on Udemy, if I think through exactly our our top 
10, 20 guys. Uh, they all have very deep expertise in their relevant areas. You know, I'm talking 5, 10, 15 years plus. Um, and they're really passionate about those areas, right? You know, they'll do things like uh, for each new student that joins, they'll send that student a private message and say, how can I specifically help you to achieve your learning goals uh, for this course? Um, and you have to be incredibly pa- passionate about the subject to do that. I'm incredibly passionate about paddleboarding, and I want to create a course on paddleboarding. Does that fit in with Udemy? And if so, what are th- some things I can do to create a winning course? So you can do that on Udemy. We're a completely open marketplace. Uh, you know, as I kind of mentioned, we have courses on almost anything and everything. Um, I will share that our most popular categories are um, business, technology, and design. And about two-thirds of the students taking courses on Udemy are taking courses because they want to accelerate their careers. They want to get a promotion. uh, They want to start a business. um, You know, they want to switch careers. Um, So that's something that's kind of important to consider for the audience as well, right? Okay, so let's take a different angle then real quick. So it's great to know, one, that you can create a course about anything. It's an open marketplace. But let's get more specific, maybe towards something that is a little more focused into what Udemy does specialize in, at least at this moment in time. Let's say I'm a master at Photoshop. I can teach people how to do amazing designs. I have a lot of clients. What would I do? Right. So here's what I would do. Three things right out the gate. Um, Number one, I would join our instructor community group. Um, It's called the Udemy Studio. You can find links to it, uh, you know, over at that teach page that I that I just mentioned. Um, It's a community of a couple thousand instructors. And these are people who have been through the process before hundreds of posts up in that community every day and you can get access to a lot of their expertise on exactly how they built their courses and and how they became successful. Number two, uh, go out and talk to the students that you want to have in your course, right? Think through the three or four use cases. It's just like launching a business, right? Who's your customer actually going to be? Who's that person who needs to learn Photoshop to help them accelerate their career and understand What's going to be the best possible experience for them um, when it it comes to them learning Photoshop, right? Um, And then number three is just get it done. Uh, you know, and, and this is, is really, really important because creating a course is hard. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. It takes 50 hours worth of work. Yes. You've got to, you got to film it. Um, you've got to edit the video. Uh, you've got to, you know, write up an amazing outline and you've got to put together quizzes to make sure folks have actually learned something. So you've got to block off your calendar. Um, you know, I think joining the studio helps you stay motivated because you've got a community of other passionate instructors around you. Um, but you know, you, you've got to just be really focused and, and just get it done. That is just great advice, Dinesh. I mean, it really has opened my eyes up as to what I need to do as I'm really finishing the final prep work for my course. And I know the listeners are also, their wheels are spinning as well. So share with us what your vision is for Udemy. What's the future hold? Ultimately, we want Udemy to be uh, the destination for all online learning. Right. You know, whenever someone uh, thinks of a subject they want 
they want to learn, we want them to think, you know what, I should head over to Udemy. They probably have a pretty amazing course there taught by a world-class expert. You know, it's, it's probably pretty affordable. It's not going to cost me more than, uh, you know, 20, 50 bucks. Um, and I'm going to be able to learn what I want to learn and, and keep moving my life forward. Um, and, you know, w- when folks ask me kind of, you know, uh, where do I think the space is going to be five years, 10 years from now? You know, one of the things I share is I think 10 years from now, every expert in the world is going to be teaching online. I, I, you know, I think this is going to, um, you know, this is going to become you're not going to try and become a best-selling author anymore. You're going to become a best-selling teacher. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's the direction that the, that the world's heading. And, and, you know, it, it makes sense for folks who are experts who are trying to uh, share their expertise, build their brands. You know, on Udemy, you keep 70% of the revenue from your course sales. Um, you own that product directly. You set your price. You're in control of the marketing. You have all the, the you own all the copyright and, are, you know, have all that creative freedom. Um, you know, the world's going the way of, of self-publishing um, and is designed for the entrepreneur. And the online course experience is just a much more powerful, robust learning experience versus versus reading a book. So, Dinesh, you mentioned the pricing model and you said that you want to be known as a company that you can go to for a 20 or a $50 course. But at the same time, then you just did mention that it's kind of open to the instructor how much they're going to charge for that. So what is the real pricing structure of Udemy? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're an open marketplace and open platform. Instructors set their own prices um, and instructors keep 70% of the revenue from their course sales. Um, We do give some pricing guidance. You know, I'd say 80% plus of the courses on Udemy have price points between 19 and uh, $99. What's the highest course you have on there? Hmm. Highest course is probably up at $500. Um, so, you know, we don't see courses that, that, you know, really go for, um, for much higher than that. Dinesh, you have just been such a valuable resource for Udemy, for how it works, for where we're going as a society towards this online, this virtual way of learning. I cannot agree more. The efficiency is an all-time high. I mean, wow, I just think of those checks that I used to write to go to Providence College for dorms, for food, for books, for, oof, wow. I mean, kind of makes me cringe. But let's step back from that and thank our sponsor. Fire Nation, because you faithfully listen to Entrepreneur on Fire, I know you enjoy audio content. That's why I like to share an incredible online service with you that allows you to download audio versions of your favorite books from a library of over 100,000 titles, audible.com. I speak from experience when I say I'm amazed at how many titles I'm able to find on audible.com's online library. And Audible makes downloading audiobooks super easy. All you have to do is click download and voila, you can instantly access your audiobooks from your computer, burn them onto a CD, or upload them onto your iPod or any other MP3 device. That means listening on the go, wherever and whenever you want. Audible.com and Entrepreneur on Fire would like to thank you for listening to today's episode by offering you this. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire.
We've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round, and this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? What was holding me back was just mindset. Um, you know, when I was in school uh, and I did an undergrad business degree at Penn, uh, you know, the mindset of everybody coming out was just uh, you go into banking or consulting. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, that was kind of the only road that was presented. And, and that's the road I ended up going down, doing some internal consulting at American Express. Um, but, you know, what I really love is, is uh, you know, not to toot your own horn here too much, John, but uh, podcasts like this, Thank you know, you. and, and bloggers like, you know, Eric Reese, who are, who are uh, helping to share the lean startup vision. And, um, you know, getting the word out there more on, you know, on startups, on how amazing it can be to be an entrepreneur and, and uh, you know, be driving your, um, be driving your own course. Uh, more folks just need to hear that story and hear that it's possible and, and that folks are making, taking the plunge every day. What is the best advice, Dinesh, you've ever received? I think the best advice I've ever received has just been to focus on culture relentlessly. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times when folks uh, dig into entrepreneurs' stories and what made them successful, you, you hear a lot about the specific business tactics they use. But, you know, end of the day, what makes you successful is the ter- team that you surround yourself with. Um, and I love that, you know, so many of the, the hot companies out there are just getting so, so focused on culture. You know, there are amazing uh, decks out on SlideShare, on Netflix's culture, on HubSpot's culture. I follow Rand Fishkin. Uh, blog SEO on Maz, SEO Moz. Yeah. I mean, he, he does amazing things there. And, you know, I, I think the, the best companies out there know how to build a truly amazing culture that allows them to, to hire the, uh, you know, the best talent in the world and allows um, that talent to be as to, to reach their maximum potential. What is one specific action listeners can take in the next 24 hours to bring them one step closer to their dreams? Come up with an idea, any idea, go out, put a price on it, go out there, try to sell it someone to, to someone. It honestly does not matter if you don't have a lick of it. You know, you can build it in 30 days, 60 days, whatever you like. Just go out there and try to sell it and make your first sale. That's a very, very hard thing to do. But uh, that's how you actually go out there and, and take the plunge. Uh, you build that MVP, that minimum viable product, and you just start selling it and you iterate from there. Do you have an internet resource, Dinesh, like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Well, you know, I, I have to say you to me, obviously. Right? <laughs> it's just it wouldn't be right if I didn't. Um, you know, maybe the, the second one I'll follow up with um, is one, uh, you know, actually from someone who's an investor in Udemy, Dan Martell, which is Clarity.fm. Yes. Um, yeah. So you've heard about Clarity. So we've had know, Dan on the show. Oh, you have. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so, you know, folks probably know Clarity, but basically you can uh, get access to experts all around the world, um, set up calls with them. Usually calls cost about a dollar to two dollars a minute. Um, and I've met some really amazing folks on there who have given us deep expertise for you to me on topics like SEO, brand building, uh, you know, paid advertising. Um, so highly recommended. 
Love that. Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything else we've mentioned in today's episode by going to entrepreneuronfire.com slash Dinesh Theroux. Dinesh, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? I'm a big fan of uh, Rework by the 37 Signals guys, uh, you know, Jason Fried and so forth. Really, really sharp book. I, I, just to pull out, you know, one of my favorite pieces in there, they have, they have a chapter, chapter called Making the Call is Making Progress, uh, which I really love. You know, if you're not making decisions, you're not making progress. And, and there's a whole bunch of kind of, uh, uh, you know, really succinct uh, uh, points like that uh, and, uh, you know, illustrated with some really fantastic examples. Absolutely. It's a great company. It's a phenomenal book. And Fire Nation, I know you love audio. And if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. So Dinesh, next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, and come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world. Identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelters taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would walk outside my door and go start talking to folks and find out what their pain points are. Right. And I think that is the absolute first step you could take. That's why I said, you know, back if you're building that Photoshop course, go talk to people who need to learn Photoshop and understand what their pain points are. You know, Steve Blank says, uh, get out of the building. Right. right. And, and I think that's that's what you have to do. You got to get out of the, your building and you got to go talk to people and understand what's really hard for them right now. Um, and then you can figure out what you want to do uh, on a just personal uh, I got to say that the world sounds a little lonely, John. So I, I would also just start by trying to make some friends. There you go. That's what I want. I want what Dinesh would do. So listen, Dinesh, I've really enjoyed hearing your journey. You've come a long way. You've done a lot of different things. And man, the future is bright for you, for you to me. I look forward to tracking that progress. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance. Share how we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. You can find me on Twitter. Dinesh9 is my handle. Uh, you can also just drop me an email if you like, and particularly if there are questions about Udemy that you have. It's just Dinesh at Udemy.com, D-I-N-E-S-H at Udemy.com. Um, and uh, my parting piece of advice is just go do it. Uh, just whatever you're thinking about today that you're really, really interested in, just go do it. It, it actually is that simple. You just take the step and, and you make it happen. Mm, love it, Dinesh. And Fire Nation is well aware they can find the links to your contact information and everything that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com. Click that podcast tab and Dinesh is hanging out right there in the archives. Dinesh, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Fire Nation, you're not alone. When you join our mastermind community, Fire Nation Elite, you'll be joining a tribe of like-minded people who are here to help you feel confident about your business, help you find the right track, and help you grow your business, launch your new products or services, and become the entrepreneur you've always wanted to be. 100% support, 100% of the time. Visit FireNationElite.com to fill out your application and schedule a one-on-one 15-minute chat with me today. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. 
Prepare to ignite.